Welcome to Splash Play, a podcast that celebrates splash plays. And today, Derek Henry and Tyreek Hill have inaugurated themselves as part of the Splash Play Kingdom. Spags, tell me you had both of these guys in your lineups today. You know, they always say two out of three ain't bad. In this case, Pete, I'm going to say one out of two ain't bad because Team Tyreek Hill here, I know your team, Derek Henry, we'll talk about that in the show. We'll also talk about our waiver wire picks for the week. We're going to talk about the injured guys. We're going to come back and probably seal your fantasy league, and we're going to do all the usual things that you know and love out of Splash Play. So, Pete, you know the drill. Entertain the people for about seven and a half minutes while I set up the intro theme. That's what I do here. I'm a monkey with a miniature symbol while Spags cues up that sweet, sweet intro music. Welcome to another edition of Splash Play, your favorite fantasy football podcast and the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. I'm Chris Spags, joined as always by my friend and yours. You know him from Twitter. You know him from his TikToks. You know him at Peter Overzet. He's Peter Overzet. How are you doing, Peter? Are you embarrassed of the TikTok thing? Should I not say that anymore? I mean, I, I would prefer to be associated with my fleets now. I haven't done a TikTok since the second Clinton administration. But, you know, if I can still ride that wave, I guess I'll take it. You know what? It's better to be known for something than known for nothing. That's what we always say here. We appreciate all you guys for tuning in. So make sure if you are new to this channel, hit the like button and subscribe. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars and a review because we are here for you guys all the time. Sundays after Sunday night football, Thursday after after Thursday night football. And sometimes we even have free live shows in between like we did before Thanksgiving because that's how much we care. That's what we do here at Splash Play. But Pete, I guess I'll ask you the first question here. Of course, we're presented by Thrive Fantasy. We'll talk more about them as we go but besides thrive i know you are the king of thrive maybe you've moved on after being so dominant on thrive fantasy's prop betting streets but how did you do this week with all the options out there really going off in a meaningful way yeah i uh you know like a lot of people i had some of the right pieces and i had some of the wrong pieces i was uh, i had a lot of derrick henry i had a lot of austin eckler which was good and i'm like going back in time to when i was looking at my spreadsheet this morning and i saw similar ownership on tyree kill and travis kelsey and i said you know what i'm gonna break ties in favor of travis kelsey here and that my friend did not work out Let's talk about the Millionaire Maker winning lineup, which is, as always, the thing that tells the best story about this Week 12 in NFL history. And uh, once again, Pete, it's it's crazy at this point. I, like, people think it's a bit, and it's it's 100% real. Uh, it's 99.9% real that every week, somebody who listens or watches or engages with this show on social media wins a million dollars. And this week, Pete, it's picked the right scrub, which uh, you could tell the ironic name there. That's got to be a Splash Play listener. Pick the right scrub. I mean, this guy, he's constantly hitting us up in the DMs. He's like, thank you guys so much for all of your invaluable advice. I mean, it's truly humbling. Again, I I know I've mentioned it before, Darren Rovell, like, where are you at? Uh, I mean, I I don't even, I think we're bigger than Darren Rovell now. Like, uh, Scott Van Pelt, where are you? 
on this story. I mean, someone needs to cover this, Spags. I would like Scott Van Pelt to dip his head in oil and rub it on me like the George Costanza bit of him wanting a tall Amazonian woman because that's how good we are at betting in fantasy football. But Pete, here's the lineup. We'll get right into it. Derrick Henry, a must play this week. 41.5 fantasy points according to DraftKings scoring. Uh, he had 178 rushing yards, uh, also three rushing touchdowns, a little bit of receiving work too. And and Pete, he was a guy you had some of this week. So here's your chance. Feel good about having some of Derrick Henry going off at under 10% ownership. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing I'm, it, you know, sometimes they, this stuff isn't super complicated and I, I swear I am this simple with Derrick Henry. If he's under 10% owned, I'm probably going to play him. If he's over 15% owned, I'm not going to play him. If he's 10 to 15% owned, don't ask me what I'm going to do. <laughs> that's, that, you know, that's the kind of things that people tune in for on this show. And uh, yeah, Derek Henry going off at very low ownership. We'll talk more about that coming up in a few more segments. But the other running back for pick the right scrub, Naheem Hines, a nice value play, a person who was going to be chalky, but it also looked good according to my Sims, according to a lot of the data out there uh, with no Jonathan Taylor, who Pete was one of your ride or die picks. And I so courteously, I gave you Jordan Wilkins instead because there was, Jonathan Taylor, another COVID rule out. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm literally, uh, too old to remember making that pick. So I appreciate you, uh, swapping that out for me. The rest of this lineup, Tyree Kill, another must-have who was uh, – I put on the thumbnail. I was that confident because I want to get winners on our thumbnails. I don't know if that's actually a correlation people watching the show, but every time that I and and our, our former producer, Trey, get together, uh, he's been fired, let go. Too much methamphetamine yeah, we, going through his bloodstream. We haven't heard from Trey in a long time. I mean, oh, yeah. he had done so much to help us grow our audience. How's he doing? Uh, he, again, just addicted to the crystal meth, and that's what happens when you are in the Midwest, I think, is <laughs> really, especially in a red state, as Trey was. This is the backstory we just never gave him in the beginning, and now we can finally flesh out. Wow. Drug use and politics. Spag's getting to it early here in the show. He is not part of the meth. Am- not, what is he, uh, the lawsuit, the opioid lawsuit against whatever that company is that made, uh, is it Percocets? I don't even know. I don't, I don't know my, my painkillers well enough to know what the one that's getting sued is. The only medicine I care about right now is a COVID vaccine, Spags. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, the only vac- the only remedy that Jarvis Landry needed was a touchdown. A guy who actually could have made one of our segments because he had no touchdowns going into this game, Pete. I don't know if you knew that, but he also uh, went off 3% ownership. So this is a very, very contrarian lineup here from Pick the Right Scrub right away. Yeah, Pick the Right Scrub. Jarvis Landry, definitely a scrub. Uh, he picked him. He picked the right one. Uh, shout out to him for that. Justin Jefferson, the other pick here that was uh, rounding out the wide receiver options. Uh, no Dalvin Cook. And I also, you may notice, I didn't say the QB yet because the QB is such a a shocker, such a... a... I know it. I know <laughs> it. He asked me. He said, Peter, should I play Cam Newton? And I said, yes. It's actually not Cam Newton. Cam Newton oh, was, I, Cam I Newton saw was in the play action. Yeah. Okay. I saw the play action and I thought it was pick my scrubs who did it. Damn it. What is it? The uh, So Justin Jefferson rounds out the wide receivers, and then Baker Mayfield is the quarterback. So Baker Mayfield, mostly garbage, didn't have a great day, 18.4 fantasy points. In fact, had just about half of Patrick Mahomes at a higher price point. But in fact, he's a millionaire maker paired up with uh, with Jarvis Landry and then run back with James Robinson. Yeah, I mean, the, it, it goes to show you some of these days where you need to pay up for some of the skill position players, and it doesn't matter 
who you pick at quarterback as evidenced by that guy who won the play action with Cam Newton. Uh, you know, at least it makes logical sense, right? With Jarvis Landry, at least some kind of a stack. He, he didn't have any Jacksonville bring back, right? No, he did have James Robinson in the flex. So oh, that was okay. a bring back. Yeah. All right. So a little correlation here. I think he probably learned that on this show. And uh, you know, that's, that's the kind of stuff you can't get anywhere else talking about a little bring back correlation in DFS. And then the last part of the lineup, which I just thought was interesting was that he went with the saints uh, picked the right, picked the right scrub. Went with the saints defense, a very expensive defense, usually not the move, but ends up being not the highest scoring defense, Pete, but just a safe one that uh, went against a Denver team that literally did not field an actual quarterback today. And I, let's just transition to the big stories because this is the big story to me and um the saints defense i got a good amount oh the packers defense by the way scoring a touchdown here sunday night football breaking wide open in front of our eyes as we record this uh but we'll talk about that in a second but uh the saints defense going against the broncos which i i honestly have to say i thought that it would be possible to look maybe not totally inept but to look like a little bit above inept and you know if you don't have a quarterback let's say like all your quarterbacks disappear like you just think these guys played quarterback in pop warner and or in the in the broncos case kendall hinton played in college and uh didn't throw a lot for wake forest they were running more of an option offense but i just didn't think it could be this bad pete and it was in fact that bad for a team with no quarterbacks yeah, I I got caught up a little bit in the narrative of like, okay, yes, the Saints are a good defensive play, but the Broncos are just going to run the ball. They're going to do wildcat stuff, you know, into rounds, whatever, not make this guy who has never played quarterback at the NFL level do much. And then you look, I saw the next gen stats chart. I mean, he was chucking it downfield, like left and right, which is again, if you would have told me ahead of time, Hey, they're going to push the ball downfield. I would say, yeah, we need to lock button the saints. So uh, kudos to those guys. I am going to trust the process on that. And that I don't think we generally want to jam popular expensive defenses, but uh, it worked today and uh, kudos to, uh, to whoever jammed them. And that's the thing, too, that always kind of upsets me when the Millionaire Maker lineup is just, like, it's a good lineup, it makes sense, it's smart, but, like, that person could have paid for the Niners defense, could have gone down to the Panthers, and then maybe you can upgrade Baker, like, that wasn't the optimal for the slate, and I know, you know, it's, we're, we're, we're nickel and diming a person one a million dollars who listens to the show, so I'm sorry I picked the right scrub for, for, you know, belittling your lineup right now, as I do sometimes when we talk about this, but, like, Pete, doesn't that, does that chafe you at all just to be like, oh, this person, like, great lineup, but also could have been better? Like, I want the best of the best for my Millionaire Maker winners every single week. Yeah, although, you know, that's the thing about winning a million dollars is it's like, it, it makes so much sense. And then there's like one or two things where you're like, how did you do this? How did you get on it? And there's only one explanation at this point, Chris, and that's the splash play magic. I mean, you come on this show and you get inspired in ways that, you know, really befuddle most people and that's what's so special about our program i can't wait for that magic to hit us i feel like the magic has flown away since that arnie weinmeister card went to our boy jason <laughs> since then it's all been shit yeah i know i uh jason give us an update how are you doing ever since you got the weinmeister card can we get a photo of it on twitter where do you have this displayed it better be framed above your fireplace maybe uh as a, a photo album next to your you know your bed i we need to know this is one of those things that uh, any children, any parents out there, this is a, a non-explicit podcast to so cover your ears. But uh, what if he had the postcard? It was like one of those come tribute Reddit things where they <laughs> they print out the photo. And do you not know this, this is like 
I don't hang out on Reddit and I'm not into the sick perverted <laughs> shit that you are, Spag. So maybe educate us all on on all your your sick fetishes. It, it's not to be clear, it's not something that I personally would endeavor to take part in, but I have stumbled across it because I'm a boy of the internet. I like to stumble about and find different things and and yeah, there's like a I think it's not a Reddit thing. I think it might have started on 4chan, but but guys will will pleasure themselves onto a photo of like a beautiful woman and will be and they'll call it a tribute is what they'll call it i definitely would have thought based on how much whiskey i had tonight that i would have been the one that got out of line on this episode so thank you for providing some nice cover for me tonight chris oh pete i'll tell you why i got out of line here besides the ipas that i've been pounding for a couple hours but uh why i'm so so tilted and willing to go right to come tributes is dalvin cook pete a guy i would have gladly jo'd on all the photos to over the first 11 weeks of the season week 12 it all goes south dalvin cook gets hurt also get some bad game script situations. Justin Jefferson, big touchdown scorer there. And uh, Pete, I had 50% Dalvin Cook. Uh, could have gotten a cheaper Derrick Henry. Could have made a lot of lineups that were pretty good with Tyreek Hill, even better. And instead, Dalvin Cook, bad. What What do we do? I don't even know what to make of this post-Thanksgiving world where Dalvin Cook is not the lock play of all lock plays. I was with you. I think I was at about 50% Dalvin Cook in my lineups, and uh, it stung. It stung. I think he honestly would have gotten there if it wasn't for leaving early with that injury. Justin Jefferson steals a couple of the touchdowns when they get in the red zone. And uh, yeah, I'm with you. I thought he was underpriced still at 9,500 for his role and his ceiling in that matchup. And uh, it stings. It, it really does sting because I was mostly on the right running backs. I had a lot of Henry, a lot of Eckler, but also a lot of Dalvin Cook. And uh, that's just not going to cut it at 9,500. Yeah, Dalvin Cook, uh, just a murderous play for 40% of the field across DraftKings. I think a similar amount on FanDuel, where he was even even more expensive, though. Obviously, a higher salary cap there. Uh, but also, one thing I was just thinking about, Pete, you know how we said ownership or like owner or whatever, that phrase is not allowed for season long. How What are we going to possibly do for DFS? Because DFS always a little bit behind the the mainstream season long in terms of, you know, that kind of political correctness thing. Like, what is that going to be called in DFS? Like your the rostering percent percentage, the the team manager percentage? It's funny you say that because I actually have been dancing around it sometimes. And I'm trying I think I've been saying um like uh, I have in my lineups or playing this much of them. I have been just trying to get away from the own percentage. Uh, I This is where I draw the line. Someone in our uh, registry book on iTunes said that I could say handcuffs. So I am going to continue to say handcuffs. Alexander Madison, great handcuff for Dalvin Cook, but I did not own Dalvin Cook in my lineups. I just played him in my lineups. He didn't do great, but I still like him. He's a football player that does things that I like generally. I feel like based on the, the phrases that we use and tend to get adopted more, like I know equity is something that snuck into my verbiage more. And, yeah. and I think it's a good word. I feel like shares is what we're going to go to. Like, oh, their share percentage in the field is going to be that. Yeah. Uh, I, we need to come up with something really positive and uplifting. I entered into um, a joint partnership with Dalvin Cook today, and it <laughs> didn't quite work out. Yeah, he gets he gets a cut too. <laughs> That's the way you keep it the most fair for everybody. And uh, another big story, I feel like we have to talk about this Dalvin Cook thing. We're going to talk about him a couple segments here, but um, a little bit tease of of stat shaming coming up. Of course, a segment where we value our, our our different players and and see if they're beautiful and a healthy way to touch is all that. You know the spiel at this point. But Tyreek Hill, the day that he had, and honestly, it could have been better. Like it felt like they could have feeded him more if they 
really wanted to break the records at a wide receiver. Like he had 200 yards and two touchdowns in the first quarter. He was an absolute monster. And he, I thought he was a good play because of the slot matchup and just the fact that he gets a ton of volume, gets a ton of work, obviously, in this Chiefs offense. But, but Pete, in what world did you see Tyreek Hill having this day? And is this the best day of the year? Because I kind of think it has to be. I don't know if it was... It was a slate breaker, but it didn't hurt me as much as some others, so I don't know that I'm going to hold it in the same degree of esteem, but this is basically the equivalent of like that Sean Alexander five-touchdown day. This is as big as any day you've probably ever seen fantasy-wise in NFL. Yeah, uh, I, I I would bet if someone allowed a market for betting if someone would have a bigger day than Tyreek Hill this year, I would bet against them. And uh, the crazy thing is, is I feel like we could see this coming. He had 32 targets and 20 catches over his past two games heading into tonight. He had six touchdowns in his past four games. He's been absolutely on fire. The Like I said earlier, the hangup for me is I was looking at ownership projections at multiple spots. Him and Kelsey were very even. We know that tight end is such a gross position. And I was like, all right, if I'm going to play one of these guys, which I do want to do, I'm going to play Kelsey and just get rid of the gross tight end position. So I didn't end up with any Tyree kill. But when we look at what he's been doing, I mean, he's the hottest wide receiver in fantasy and it's not even close. So it's not surprising, but I'm just having a hard time knowing if I should have had more of him in DFS. I, I can't really get there uh, in a trust the process kind of way. Yeah, it's going to be tough, I think, to justify uh, going to Tyreek Hill in coming weeks where he's probably going to get priced up and their schedule I'm pulling up right now because I'm curious about this. Uh, next week, they get the Broncos, or I guess yeah, it's yeah, next week. Next week, they get the Broncos and the Dolphins and the Saints here for this uh, this uh, season-long playoffs slash DFS, the, the best tournaments kind of home stretch. I, I don't know that I want to pay 9K for Tyreek Hill against the Broncos. Like, I'm not afraid of it, but that's, to me, like, he probably shouldn't be higher priced than a, a Devontae Adams. I know we can't plan a week ahead because we don't have all the data in front of us, Pete, but are you feeling that same way? Because, like, I'm glad to have gotten the Tyreek Hill big day today, but I don't know that I want to be there holding the bag when he doesn't have those results because we know he's still very much a, a splash play guy, for better or worse. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. He's definitely going to be one of those guys that I balk at high ownership and high prices. And I also think, um, you know, one of the things I was looking at over at advanced sports analytics, they do the correlation stuff. And generally Tyree kill has been pretty negatively correlated with Sammy Watkins. And that was another thing that kind of pushed me off was like, okay, Sammy Watkins is back. Maybe that takes away a few targets. Obviously he went nuclear today and that didn't mean anything, but I'm with you. I think going forward, if he's at, you know, we can deal with high prices at low ownership. We can deal with, you know, uh, what's the inverse of that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> low prices we, at low ownership, <laughs> low prices at high. On, yeah. Um, so that is the, that's the rub on him. And, and these guys are fragile up here, right? Like Keenan Allen going into this week would have been another guy that were like, oh, he's just a guy you play every week. Austin Eckler comes back and his target share massively drops. So, I'm, I'm actually, I still am kind of in the camp of Devonte Adams is still in the class of his own, as far as what we can expect week in and week out. And uh, I'm going to continue to play the price and ownership game with Tyree kill. So I'll be curious to see what he comes in at with the Broncos, but I, I assume he's going to be massively owned next week. Yeah, I think I'm on the same page with you too. With Devontae Adams is having a nice day so far on Sunday Night Football, 27-3 game. And I guess let's talk about Sunday Night Football real fast because obviously the game is still going on. It's not even halftime yet. We don't have the perfect read on this, which is why you know we don't try to give too much of a, a hot take about these games when we are recording during them. 
But Pete, I kind of thought that Mitch Trubisky had a shot to get back to something here. The Packers defense, not that great, really. You know, they get okay results sometimes, but on paper, uh, still giving up a lot of touchdowns, giving up a lot of production across the board. And Mitch is back in there, and I have not seen a single thing that he's done today where I'm like, yeah, Mitch, I'm glad you got this job back, buddy. You figured it out. Where they're talking in the pregame like, oh, it sounds like a different Mitchell Trubisky. And it's like, oh, it's not, man. It's really not. He's just done, right? Like, I think this is how we have to treat him. Yeah, um, I'm going to be completely honest because that's just kind of what I do. I had no idea Mitch Trubisky was starting this game. When did we find out that news? Uh, I think it came out a couple days ago that Foles was very doubtful. And then okay. um, the, I guess some people may have been waiting for Foles to maybe get in. But yeah, like I think even if he played, it probably was a decent chance because Foles has been so bad that Mitch was going to come in yeah. regardless. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think just my, you know, laser focus on the main slate. I, uh, I missed this news. Uh, but yeah, it's, I don't know. The Some bear, showdown it's, thought leader, by the way, Jesus. I didn't play this showdown slate. <laughs> I didn't, uh, I sat this one out. Um, Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. I, it's like the lesser of two evils, right? Between, between him and Nick Foles. Uh, they're just going to keep waffling back and forth until they figure out that they actually need to uh, bottom out in tank and actually draft a real quarterback. So yeah, the bears offense is always going to be limited by these guys. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, three touchdowns already. Uh, one to Adams, one to Lazard, one to Mercedes Lewis. That's kind of what he does. You know, he, uh, he spreads it around. He hits the open guy. Uh, so yeah, not surprised to see the Packers rolling here. Yeah. My lack of Mercedes currently not looking good in my lineups, but it's early. So we'll see how that goes. And, um, also, uh, just one thing I want to hear, Pete, if you have any other big stories to add to the equation before we get to take the L, but one thing that I noticed, which I didn't see reported, but Teddy Bridgewater left that game for the Panthers. I think a little bit gimpy. I don't know what it was. His shoulder was kind of hanging low. So I don't know if it was a, a non-throwing shoulder injury, but, uh, to me, like this game today for the Panthers, like, I think they win that game if PJ Walker is the QB. I'll say that right now, but also like, you know, just I, w- one thing to watch for me at it. You don't even need to comment, Pete. I won't dignify you, uh, with, with you having to make comment here and waste your time but any other big stories for you besides you know the potential itch the the germ of a chance of more pj walker yeah you know i mean do i wish pj walker was named pj tortellini yes but (laughs) would i rather see him over teddy bridgewater also yes no i i'm with you um it's been interesting it was kind of nice to see our guy robbie anderson the Mm -hmm. uh the patron saint of splash play have a nice game he seems to you know vibe better with with robbie anderson but pj walker i I, i'm with you i think he'd be a better option for this offense teddy bridgewater had a really bad interception in this game and he's just very may very average so i would i would like to see the pj walker era i'm in a keeper league where i had Teddy Bridgewater and I added PJ Walker and I'm holding PJ Walker. I I'm hoping that he can uh, eventually get the starting job here. DJ Moore also hurt his knee in that game, and I don't think he came back in. So uh, some Panthers injuries to watch. Obviously, we do this show Sunday night. We don't even know uh, all the things that are going to come out over the next few days. But but watch it closely because that's one injury that we've seen on the last few weeks that could have been an important one. Uh, Pete, any other big stories for you in week 10 that, or week 12 that you want to hit on or week 10? Do you want to go back a couple weeks? We could do that, too. Man, week 10, I don't, I don't even know if I'm old enough uh, to remember week 10. I mean, yeah, to me, the kind of moral of the story when we look at Derrick Henry and Tyree Kill is, it, you know, if you were to ask people, who are the two or three players that have, actually, this is a really good example. Who are the players in the NFL that have the highest ceiling 
on a week to week basis. I mean, in your top five, you would probably have three guys that went nuclear this week, Will Fuller, Tyree Kill, and Derrick Henry. I think you'd probably include uh, Dalvin Cook in there. You'd probably include DK Metcalf maybe, but it's Adams, a reminder. Yeah. Who's that? Devontae Adams, I think I would throw For in sure. There. Yeah, definitely. So I think it's just a reminder too, like especially for DFS. I mean, season long, everyone knows you're always starting your studs, but for DFS, it's, you know, we're chasing these ceiling guys that have the, the nuclear upside to win you uh, tournaments. And so I think that was the big story of this week is, you know, studs going off. Uh, and even if the ownership is there, uh, they can still have that ceiling that you need to win tournaments. Right, let's move on to take the L here, and I think that's a good point from Pete. But guys, if you are watching on YouTube, hit that like button and subscribe. Hit the notification bell to know whenever we have new episodes. And make sure you're also following at Splash Play Pod. The first thousand people on both Twitter and Instagram get followed back, and we love the little community that we're building. We appreciate all you guys. So we actually will like some tweets, we'll pay attention, we'll do all the stuff that you want out of somebody who's following you too, or if you just want that glory follower, do get it from at Splash Play Pod right now. But Pete, let's take some L's here. We'll we can talk about the takes that we want to. Take the L4, which do you want to deflect? And I mean, for me, we talked about this enough, but my sweet boy Dalvin dying right in front of my eyes, I think was was a tough one for me. And you, know, you could always argue, I think, as a DFS host and a person who analyzes the data and looks at it, like he had the touches, a couple bad game situations in the red zone could have gone better for him. But uh, sometimes you just got to take the L. And this one, Pete, I think it's got to take the L on, even though I will advocate probably 50% Dalvin Cook next week because that's the kind of dude he is, but it, it hurts this week. Yeah, the uh, the Dalvin Cook hurts. Uh, I'm looking through my rider die picks, and apparently there's lots of L's that <laughs> I need to take. Even Robbie Anderson was so close to being over 20 points. He just missed the bonus, too. That hurts. I took LaVisca Chenault over Nick Chubb. That take didn't age well. I took Darius Slayton over 20 DK points. Someone on Twitter said, is Pete trolling with these picks? I'm not trolling. I'm making picks with my heart, okay? That's not trolling. Uh, Nikhil Harry outscores Andy Isabella. I haven't even looked. I assume that didn't work mm-hmm. out. Um, Patrick Laird, Denzel Mims outscored Devontae Parker. That, that really, did not work. I don't even think they out, they, they didn't collectively outscore either Devontae Parker. Nor what about Frank this Gordon. one? Could you actually get out your calculator and see if Antonio Brown outscored Tyreek Hill? <laughs> it's, it was a close one. Unfortunately, <laughs> didn't quite get there. Uh, Derek Henry over 90.5 yards. Nail, you know, that's the Thrive pick. That's some would say emotionally the most important one, even though it's just a one pointer. That's the thing. You know, look, none of these other picks make me money. I just say them. The Thrive, they are our sponsor. They are stuffing our pockets with cash. They throw so much money at us to talk about them. And so I put my heart and soul into those picks. And that's why that one went over. Yeah, so not a great week for Pete. Currently, though, uh, he I guess it depends how this game goes. I don't know how Aaron Jones is doing right now. We do still have our, our Sunday night football bets going where Aaron Jones is Pete's guy. If he's the captain, Pete will get 10 points. If Allen Robinson, Allen Robinson is the showdown winning captain for the Bears, that seems extra unlikely thus far, but uh, that would be my 10-pointer. But I am up 10 points right now. Feeling good about this week. This would be the clincher in that week-to-week battle, Pete, that I know you hold near and dear to your heart. No, I don't give a shit about the week-to-week battle. All I care about is the cumulative points because if I get behind, I am just going to blitzkrieg you with a bunch of 10-pointers until I win. Or until none of them hit and then it's just zeros for the last three weeks. Nope. I'm going to be like Philip Seymour Hoffman and along came Pauly Buckets. (laughs) We can only hope for you. And um, I guess... 
Is there really no other L's I want to take, Pete? Do you have any L's that you want oh, to take? Oh, there's no other L's you want to take. How <laughs> classic Spags. And then you just threw it back to me. Do you want to go through your laundry list? This is sick. You're disgusting. Okay, actually, you know, I, I could think of one more L. You know what? A decent week this week, Pete, who uh, we've talked about on the show a bunch, and and you've you've declared, you've filed away as being dusty, and I've said, hey, you know what? This guy don't, can have... Don't even try to victory lap, Ty... T.Y. Hilton. I it lot. is so like no, it's not a victory lap. I didn't play enough T.Y. Hilton this week at a great price point. Finally got that touchdown. Got off the Schneid, his first touchdown of the year in a week where clearly the Colts needed scoring. And I think Pete, we should have all gone probably a hundred percent T.Y. Hilton, knowing what we know of him. Uh no, I will not <laughs> sign off on that. He bailed people out with a touchdown. Uh, Phil, I mean, going into this game, there wasn't a Colts wide receiver with a target share over. 13%. And I like Michael Pittman. So even if we want to battle the age model stuff, I mean, there's no one in this offense that is commanding enough of a target share to be a reliable starter. So no, I'm not going to let you have this T.Y. Hilton victory lap. Well, I guess so then I didn't play him enough. So tactically, then that's a victory anyway. <laughs> because because no. you just said I shouldn't have played him. I didn't play him. So I won. It's, it's no, I'm not, I'm not allowing anything. You have to take an L for not playing a guy that you wanted to play. All right. Well, either way, T.Y. Hilton, that honestly, though, I should have played a little bit more. I got like, I think three to 5% of him. I don't remember what the exact number was, but clearly not enough to matter. Uh, but he was better than some cheap guys. So not better than Gabriel Davis, one of our favorite cheap guys on this show, but victory laps. Here's one Pete where you can maybe find something to, to really hang your hat on. And it's doubtful. <laughs> An industry that rewards self-congratulation. What are your proudest victory laps for the week? Pete, I'll let you go first here because I'm sure you have many a great victory to, to bring to the folks. Um, yeah, I will I, I will tease an upcoming segment here and say I had a lot of Austin Eckler today, and uh these injury guys, these guys coming back from injury, uh, I think are one of the skeleton keys of fantasy. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. So I will, I will save that spags. What do you want a victory lap? Uh, so here's one that for me, uh, as you guys may know, on the Sunday mornings, I do the Osmo live before lock show, which is great. We hit like 4,500 concurrence today, which seems incredibly high for that kind of show. And I'm sure they're all really mean people, but one guy, uh, Pete, you know, you do a ton of live streams and sometimes you get these people in chat who I think, especially with DFS type shows, daily fantasy type shows, you get guys who like their worldview is the only worldview that matters. And you, you know, we know these people across every walk of life, but somebody in the chat and I, and I hate it as a host because it's just like, why are you being a dick about this? Like where he, this guy was like, James Robinson question mark, LOL was the exact quote. And that's such a little thing. But this guy was making other like, you know, snarky, like passive aggressive remarks towards the other people in the chat. And I pointed out like, hey, like you're the idiot. If you're like James Robinson, LOL, he's the guy who's 20 percent owned projected ended up being closer to 10. But like a dude who's just there every week getting 20 to 30 touches. Like, I think sometimes people I get sometimes people hit with their oh, I'm, I'm watching the tape and like, oh, my my brain tells me this. Whereas out of your fancy Excel calculator, I'm a caveman. I don't know that. Like, I'm, I'm tired of it, Pete. And I I scolded this guy and and James Robinson came through where uh, you, maybe you could have made an argument. It wasn't a perfect spot, but God damn it. I just felt good about this one dude who I name. I don't even remember, but it just that's these are the people who stick with me from doing all the hours of content that we do. <laughs> Spags is like Steve Buscemi and Billy Madison with his like hit list. So he's like taking notes on all these, you know, chat rats in the comments <laughs> during his live streams. Chat like, rats. I love you, that. 
you doubted you doubted james robinson i'm coming after you i love it i love it. i actually have a few of those too it, it it ties back to my austin eckler call there was someone that was like dude i saw a report that he's going to be splitting carries this week he's not going to get the full workload and i wrote down that username and if i ever see you i dare you to pop up in the comments of one of my live shows because i will squash you <laughs> That's, that's what we do. We're like the Hulk Hogan of the eighties of, of the NFL DFS shows. We're, we're flexing the pythons brother. And we're coming for you in your town next week. <laughs> oh, what a, yeah. I don't know. That was just my one victory lap where I, it, cause you know what Pete is a host. Like I also did the Thanksgiving show on Thursday for Osmo. And like, there was some guy who was like, Andy Dalton's going to break the slate and you guys are not giving him enough respect. And like, for some reason I've lectured people on two straight shows and it's worked out, but you know, whenever you give these takes in advance and somebody digs their heels in, like it's pretty much a coin flip, whether you're going to be right or lo- right or not. Even if you like, even if all the data is pointing one way, as soon as you dig your heels in that deep and you like lecture somebody, it's definitely becomes a much smaller proposition of them being right. or you being right? Yeah. And the other, Another point about that, and I've lived it firsthand with this uh, Antonio Brown situation, is stuff changes week to week. So like when Antonio came back uh, or signed with the Bucs, I was on a stream and I was everyone was like, he's a league winner. I was like, no, he's not a league winner, blah, blah, blah. And then he comes back and he's getting all these targets, but not necessarily producing. So then I went on shows and I was like, all right, I'll take the L. He's getting the volume. He's going to be a league winner. And then I see games like this unfold and I'm like, okay, maybe he's not like maybe they're just not good and Mike Evans is getting all the red zone work and Godwin's still involved and Gronk's still involved so it's just like it waffles back and forth each week so I'm not taking the L on Antonio Brown for the record. I just would never say LOL about any player because we see it week after week that some asshole who we've written off before or we, or we didn't even give a second thought to this week or you, you nickel and dime because you're like, oh, this guy at his price point is probably better. Like it happens every week. So I just would never be like, oh, LOL, you sheep are on like, wake up sheeple. You're playing James Robinson. Like, fuck off. James Robinson is a good player. James Robinson uh, is a guy that, I'm so disappointed I haven't had more of this year in all formats because I'm a zero RB guy. And what happened to me was Fournette obviously left the Jags and I got dialed in on like a Zigbo. And then before he got COVID, Raquel Armstead. And I was just like, oh, I already have these guys. Why would I grab this other guy? So I'm like upset on that. And then in DFS, I've been like, oh, they're in negative game scripts. Like, I don't want to play James Robinson. And yet week after week after week, this dude just crushes in all formats. DraftKings had him at 6,300 today. Like, what the hell? And I still didn't own him. So I, I'm mad at myself. I mean, James Robinson is an absolute baller. He's really one of the one of the steals of the year. And and also somebody, too, where I think if we were to grade, like, you know, like how boxing or, or MMA has, like, the pound-for-pound pound title. Like, if you looked at James Robinson's game scripts and the talent around him, like, he's probably, like, the pound-for-pound pound running back of the year where he just keeps getting there, keeps getting his 20 touches, keeps getting his a couple catches. Like, he's he really deserves a lot of respect, which I, I don't know that he gets. He's getting there, but I don't think he gets it fully. I, I love that qualifier, the pound for pound champ. Definitely. James Robinson, the pound for pound people's champ at running back. I, I don't even think it's close. Oh, this should be a thing up. we give out at the end of the year each year. This actually, we need to, we, we definitely need to do an award show. Like, you know, not with, <laughs> probably not with actual awards. Superlatives. Yeah. 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 But we, we need to do it like, yeah, superlative. That's actually the cheaper version. We could do superlatives and just do like little <laughs> graphics or something. <laughs> no, I, I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, J- James Robinson with this team, he's quarterback proof. 
It does not matter who is quarterback. The dude just crushes teams. No, you're going against Mike Glennon. Stack the box. It does not matter. James Robinson crushes. I love that dude. And uh, one other victory lap that I will take here, which, you know, we can just of talk about it. Will. It's really, it's yeah, really <laughs> more of a transition to, to talk about this guy. But Brandon Allen uh, was a guy that Pete asked, like, hey, would you be in on this guy if you were Geno Torres? Actually, you might have said that about Ryan Finley. But for all intents and purposes, Ryan Finley and Brandon Allen are the exact same human being. And you cannot tell me otherwise. But I just didn't take the bait here, Pete. And I feel like for that, <laughs> I deserve a victory. A little, little pat on Next the back. Next thing, man, I'm not letting you victory lap this one. <laughs> No, that's no, because like, you know, I love these guys. His name Get is out Allen of here. Too. You're not victory lapping Brandon Allen, not crushing in his like first career start All right, on fine. a two and eight team. Pete, do you have any victory laps before we do some stats? No, I don't have any victory laps. All I did was take <laughs> fucking L's this week. The whiskey is really shining through here on this week's episode. I yeah. did. This is what, okay. I'll, I'll tell you what happened. I actually was just doing fine with like my normal allotment of drinking. And then uh, my wife and I, we've been binge watching uh, The Undoing. Did, oh, HBO. did you watch the finale? Yeah, okay. The finale starts in okay, like yeah. it. Yeah, because I'm not watching it now. Yeah, but yeah, like I have to watch it when we finish. No, we're both going to go watch it when this yeah. is done. So yeah. I literally just caught up. We watched it right before this. Gotcha. And so we were going to finish the the penultimate episode. And I went to the kitchen to pour a little. I was like a sipper. I'll do a sipper. But it was dark. And I poured it and it filled to the brim. It filled to the absolute brim. And I was like, what do I do? And I was like, I'm just going to take a big ass sips because I don't want to walk in and have my wife be like, why did you pour that much whiskey? So that's where I'm at. Things accelerated. I watched the penultimate episode of the undoing and now spags, we need to finish this so we can go watch the undoing finale. That's great. Both of our, our life partners are waiting for us to watch the undoing great show on HBO. If you haven't seen it yet, but I admire too, Pete, that you weren't like, let me funnel this back into the bottle. You're just like, I have to ride or I have to ride. You're a ride or die with your whiskey hey, as well. Real quick, since we're both at the same point and anyone who's watching this, whatever, I bet my wife $5 that Nicole Kitty's Nicole Kidman is the killer. Are you with me? I I do think that was it. I like the red herring though in the fifth episode of The Sun being <laughs> the guy. Dude, yeah, I lost my shit when I saw that. It's it's a great show. Sorry if that was a spoiler for anyone. We should have given a little bit of a warning there, but uh, you know, we'll prepare for the off season, guys, because shit's gonna get weird here. <laughs> Splash play. We have to fill an hour plus of a week, but yeah, that'll be. Uh, the Undoing, great show. Stat shaming, Pete. Let's get to this. Well, well, now we have to hit a brisk pace so we can both watch. Hang on, the I gotta say one more take. Now that I know that you watch this show, and this isn't spoiler filled. Okay, Nicole Kidman's wardrobe in this show is batshit insane. She's like Prada, like fashion weeked out. And I'm like, this woman would be at her house, like in sweatpants, working through all of this, and she's in designer jeans and this like anthropology chic. Is this jumping out to you or is this just me and my warped brain? So there are two things I think at play here. We're going to, we're just gonna do the undoing podcast. Just do it. Just so, do um, it. so I saw an article today, you know, that green coat that she wears a lot in the show. Yes. Like, so apparently that weighs 15 pounds and it's just like a wardrobe coat. That's like meant to present a certain image. So she's just walking around in a, in like basically a, a body weight coat for the entire show. <laughs> what the hell? 
outrageous. Don't you? But do you agree she's overdressed so, as a character? So I think that's the part where she's still sort of an aspirational character to women because my girlfriend and I debate about this, and she doesn't love when I, um, you know, look, I, I don't want to lean into <laughs> any sort of public personas I may have when I may make commentary upon women in, in material. I feel like I make the same amount about men, but that's just me. I like to observe and comment. And uh, she loves Nicole Kidman. I think a lot of girls love Nicole Kidman and think that she's like basically, like I think in the show, she's like the Carrie Bradshaw to women, even though clearly it's not the venue. It's not the type of show for that. But to me, I think she just looks like Mr. Potato Head. Like I feel like she's had too much work done. I hate her potato head. If you do not segue to stat shaming from this, you are, you get fired as a host, Bex. So speaking of, now that we've shamed some women, now we can shame some men here. Of course, the players who maybe got some unsustainable numbers in week 12, or do we consider these players beautiful at a healthy weight of touches? And the first guy up, Pete, in stat shaming, Tyreek Hill, 60.9, a very nice number of fantasy points, 13 catches, 269 yards, three touchdowns on 15 targets. And here's what I won't do. I think Tyreek Hill looks gorgeous at this number. And I think this too is really a thing that he could do every week. If the chiefs just enabled him, if they empowered him, they said, Hey, Tyreek, you're beautiful, baby. Go out there. You're the, you're the Lizzo of this fantasy football team. We love you. Just go do what you do. Hey, Travis, sit back here. Tyreek's the guy. Like I think Tyreek could do this every week. It's just a matter of, they have other weapons. Patrick Mahomes is one of those dudes is going to throw to who's open. But I, I think Tyreek could do this every week. If we really like, if he wanted to, to, if he were dedicated to and the team were like he could get this so i won't shame him and and ooh, baby oh <laughs> hubba hubba tyreek <laughs> i'm so worried this segment is gonna get me canceled because every time like i i i know what's coming and i am like okay i start thinking of analogies and every time i'm like this analogy is getting me so close <laughs> i'll give you an, an analogy about tyreek hill so my freshman i went to school in san diego for college and just tons of incredibly beautiful girls when I, when I go out there, we, we go to, you know, the first orientation and I'm, I'm just in love with like a hundred girls. And then we had this uh, like math placement test in the morning for like where they were going to place us in one of our like uh, prerequisite classes or whatever. And so everyone showed up at like 8am and none of the girls wore makeup. And I was like, it was like a cold, you know, dose of reality. Spags knows that I'm going to get canceled here. And I was like, oh, all these girls that I was in love with, I'm not in love with all of them anymore uh, in the harsh light of morning. And that's what I kind of think about Tyreek Hill. Like he was super sexy, 60.9 points. But then I see him at 7.30 a.m. doing algebra equations. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> maybe, maybe he's not who I thought he was. But... <laughs> The idea of seeing Tyree kill at 7.30 a.m. doing algebra equations. And you're just like, you're not that beautiful today, Tyree. Did I cross the line there? Is that right? No, I think I think you're okay. I think I would still say that rings more true. And I say this as a lifelong New Yorker. Like, I feel like this is more of an NYU issue where you go there and you're like, oh, like now this is like San Diego girls are tan. They are like, they still got, they're still working out. They're still have like the, the, <laughs> the indoctrinated California body shaming that occurs here where you cannot be somebody <laughs> who's not doing spin for an hour a day. <laughs> I don't even I'm gonna know. I'm gonna burn through all of these just uh, misogynistic uh, analogies here. Look, the soon. guys too. Like guys aren't always cute in the morning. Like I'd like oh, to I oh, I looked awful, Spags. <laughs> I was I had zits and I my dick was hanging out. It was bad. 
this this show is gonna be one for the record, but to the file it away. Next one up, Derek Henry, his thick little ass, twenty seven carries. Hey Spags, dare I say this show is gonna be our undoing? It, it could very well be. I thankfully I wore my fifteen pound coat to look beautiful for the ladies. Derek Henry, twenty seven carries for one hundred seventy eight yards and three TDs, plus two catches for seven yards. I look, I can't, first of all, I'm a terrified to stat shame Derrick Henry in any possible way. I uh, love his hair, love everything about him. But I think the one thing that I would say for Derrick Henry is the touchdowns aren't always going to be there and he can get you this 178 yards and no touchdowns. And you're like, what Derrick Henry, what, what are you doing here? You're like one of these girls here that I'm seeing in, in calculus class at seven 30 in the morning. <laughs> and I don't, I don't agree. I just don't think Derrick Henry can do this every week. I don't think he can show up. He was the bell of the ball today. He might be the bell of the ball in two weeks, but next week you might see him and he's just chilling out. He's wearing some juicy sweatpants. He looks like a young JLo in a denim clad outfit and your outfit. And you're like, and it doesn't work for me. I don't like Canadian tuxedo. So Derrick Henry, I will stat shame slightly for this effort. You know what? I'll make this one quick. They literally named a month after Derrick Henry. It's called Dehember. It's here in two short days. In the same way people start putting their Christmas lights out, like November 3rd, you know, CVS starts rolling out all of their Christmas chocolates in the middle of the month. Derrick Henry just said, you know what? I want to kick off Dehember two days early so I can get four or five weeks of it. I will not stat shame Derrick Hendry. By the end of these games, people do not want to tackle him. I'm normally an analytics guy. I trust the numbers. I'm caught up in this narrative. Derrick Hendry just smashes in December. I don't care. What about the fact that he did most of his damage in the first half today when they were still nice and fresh and feeling good? And in a dome, uh, I think. You know what? It's It was so close to December. I think they were uh, just cast <laughs> under that spell. Here's one guy. Maybe we could sink our teeth into a little bit more. Latavius Murray, 19 carries, 124 yards and two touchdowns. One catch for two yards. Here's what I will say for Latavius Murray. He is the, you know, women love to share out. <laughs> I feel bad now going back to the, the women trope. Women love to share outfits with their friends and they're like, oh, this one, whatever. And right now, Latavius Murray looks better in this outfit. But next week, Alvin Kamara is going to look bang in the exact same outfit. And I think that's the thing here. It's It's been weird with the, the switch to Alvin Kamara with Taysom Hill not giving as many short targets to Kamara. That's still bearing out this week, even though he wasn't zero for zero like last week. I, actually, I don't even know if that's true, but I'll, I'll double check to make sure he wasn't zero for zero in, in the catch game. But I just think it's anybody who's going to get these big runs. The way the Saints were blocking today in particular, like it's going to be Kamara one of these weeks. And, and it was an odd one this week that I was okay with in the afternoon slate where I played a good amount of Latavius Murray, not on the main slate, because why would you? But I won't, sh- I won't shame Murray. I just think that, Alvin Kamara looks better in the same dress a lot more weeks than Latavius Murray will look banging like he did today. Yeah, let's swing this analogy back to the men. Let's <laughs> let's um, you know, shame the men. This is the equivalent of like the dude that has no fashion sense whatsoever. He wears, you know, gym shorts or jeans all the time and his significant other his partner finally dresses him up for a night on the town, he gets him in some corduroys, maybe a nice pullover sweater, a little tie underneath, looking good, makes him throw on his watch. That's what Latavius Murray did. Latavius Murray had a night on the town where he was dressed by his significant other, looking good, but you know what? 
tomorrow, he's thrown on those baggy gym shorts, spags. He's thrown on that ratty shirt he got at a basketball tournament back in 2004. I'm not speaking from experience. It could be anyone. <laughs> and he's not going to look so good next week. And really, I need the season to end because I'm running out of analogies for stat shaving. <laughs> I'm burning through them, spags. This is why, this is why we needed a uh, – we, we had talked in the, the preliminary stages of the, the splash play planning that we should get like a female third host because that would be fun and great. And then uh, we couldn't really figure out anybody who we knew who would be great. But this would be the time, Pete, where they could tie it in and be like, oh, here's here's one for the gals. And we, we that could be a whole segment for the gals. It would be so great. Yeah, you know, uh, splash play for the gals. If you are uh, a female who would like to be part of this show and to help us navigate this stat shaming segment without getting canceled, please reach out to us ASAP. Also, I wanted to correct myself on Alvin Kamara. So he didn't have zero for zero this week, Pete. He had one catch for negative two yards. So <laughs> wow. Moving Taysom in the right Hill, direction. Hogging the touchdowns and not passing to Alvin Kamara. This is, uh, it's an atrocity. It's, it is one of the greatest atrocities ever committed in a, a American football. That much is for sure. Guys, now is the time where we do, if you're skipping around and you're real desperate for a waiver wire pick, I, I feel, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that this is what you're left with, but it's a waiver wire stake draft. We do four rounds. We pick the guys available on waivers before any show out there could possibly do it. And it's all players owned or, or rostered rather under 40% on ESPN leagues. And Pete, I always let you go first. And you know what? That's going to continue today because... I, I, I don't see anything. <laughs> wow. Uh, you're, you know, Spags, I'd love to have you go first while I pull this up right now. <laughs> um, I look, I'll pull it up. All right. I'll go first. I'll hey, take, yeah, no, if you want to toss it back to me, no, I'm, no, I got, I, I got take, one guy. Oh, I got yeah. one guy. I'll take John Brown's going to be out for a few weeks. And Gabriel Davis is only 1% roster in ESPN leagues. And even though this Buffalo offense today I thought was kind of disappointing in a spot where it seemed like they could have some scoring, um, I still think Gabriel Davis is going to have these weeks at you know at cheap prices on DFS until he doesn't. But he, today, he outscored Cole Beasley. He outscored Stefan Diggs. Doesn't make sense, but it happens because he has that touchdown equity each time. So for me, Gabriel Davis would be the number one pick here knowing he's going to get some work. Damn it. That's who I would have taken if I would have had my stuff open when it was tossed to me. Sorry, first. you passed it up. You, you you gave it over to me, and now I ran with it and, and dunked it home, mixing up All the right. sports analogies. <laughs> I will I will take another rookie. I believe I've touted him either last week or the week before, but Cam Akers, again this week, nine carries, 84 yards. He had a really big run, and they also gave him uh, a carry near the goal line, which he punched in for a touchdown. Again, I think we want to focus on these guys that have the upside to finish really strong throughout the fantasy playoffs. They play Arizona, New England, and the Jets over the next three weeks. If you think there's a chance that they continue to grow Cam Akers' role, I think he's the kind of guy that you need to add. He's only owned in 28% of ESPN leagues. And then now it's a snake draft, so Pete gets one more pick here. So go ahead and, and fill until your heart's content. I will fill until my heart's content. You know what? I'm just going to keep beating this drum. Uh, I love rookies. Uh, Denzel Mims is still only 4.8% owned in ESPN leagues. He led the league in air yards last week. He continued to see a lot of work this week. 
I am concerned by Adam Gase's play calling. The dude is clearly tanking. I mean, like fourth and run, let's run Frank Gore up the gut. I mean, it's honestly disgusting what he's doing, but Denzel Mims, another eight targets this week. This is his third straight game. I held up two fingers. I'm like Tom Brady <laughs> saying what town it is. He's had three straight games with eight targets. Uh, Denzel Mims, I think he's really good. And I think the, uh, I think the production will come their home versus Las Vegas next week, who has been a really weak secondary. So uh, I'm in on Denzel Mims here and I will keep chasing this youth down the stretch. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be an air yards king like he was last week, but definitely still involved in that pass game, whether it be Sam Darnold or Joe Flacco. Who, Pete, did you know this? I, this we might save this for numbers, don't lie, but Joe Flacco, a better QB overall in the year than Sam Darnold. That's that's a pretty damning indoctrination of the of the Adam Gase regime. I, I believe it. Uh, I mean, he's just been willing to to throw the ball downfield, and it's probably Adam Gase being like, no, don't don't make deep field plays, just you know, dink and dunk, so we can lose. Uh, so here's a guy I'm going to take, which, um, I, Pete, I don't want to hurt your feelings at all, but this guy this week had a usable fantasy week for the Jacksonville Jaguars in a way don't that LaVisca Chenault has not had this entire year thus far. Colin Johnson, a big dude oh, who, get out of here. who I drafted in the waiver wires weeks ago. And granted, if you took him in the waiver wire stake draft when we talked about him, it wouldn't have been a great pick because he would have had zeros for a while. But but DJ Chark is banged up. This team is tanking. They know what they have in Chark. They certainly know what they have in Chris Conley. Wouldn't shock me if Colin Johnson continues to get work. So he's not rostered at all and almost had 100 yards today and a TD. Big body dude. I like him. He's got... He, he's got hints of, of Calvin. Like, oh God. Spags is so full of shit right now. All he did was sort by points on available free agents. Colin Johnson. This is first game over four targets all season. Chris Conley and DJ Chark are coming back. Spags is full of shit. I would call him like, what's like a, sh- like a shitty transformer. Like what's like, he's not Megatron. He- I'm not helping you with this analogy. <laughs> he's, he's Bumblebee. If you want to call him Bumblebee, you can, but no, I like, I, I've, t- I picked him weeks ago in the snake draft. Like I, I, I like this dude. He's a big Texas boy. I'm, I'm in on it. All right. You're <laughs> but, sick. I, but you're right that I did sort by score. <laughs> like you're. Oh, we both do the same thing. <laughs> we both have a process in place that's worked out well. I get the turn here, and here's another guy I'm going to take because uh, Tua is going to be out for a few weeks. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, a viable playoff QB. If your QB is just underperforming, if you feel uncomfortable, if the matchups are going to be a little bit better for Miami than it will be for your team. Really have no issue going to Ryan Fitzpatrick. T. I thought he was a little bit reserved this week, though. Granted, twenty to three win, the Jets never really threatened. Maybe that's not where we see peak Ryan Fitzpatrick. But if two is going to possibly hit IR, like this is still a, a playoff contending team. Fitzpatrick has looked competent. I, I really have no issue with Fitzpatrick, and also, quite frankly, he makes Devontae Parker a lot better play than Tua does right now. So um, I think there's a lot of upside for Ryan if he's going to get two or three weeks starting here. Yeah, I uh, I'm excited about Tua uh, long term, but yeah, I mean Fitzpatrick is so much better uh, for the fantasy uh, implications right now. Uh, I do like Fitzpatrick. I will say here, uh, do do I have a double tap to you finish do. You this a off? Tap. All right, um, I'm going to take Trey Burton here for the Colts. He had six targets this week, five targets last week. He's batted back to back weeks with touchdowns here. Um, They look for him in the red zone. We've mentioned how no wide receivers are eclipsing a significant target share. 
in the Colts offense. And this team week after week has high implied team totals. They're just playing in these games where a lot of points are scored. And I think that's a valuable role. We know how much Phillip Rivers loves targeting his tight ends in the red zone. They play Houston, Las Vegas, and then Houston again over the next three weeks. Houston, nothing special in the in the defensive side of the ball. So I think Trey Burton, if you're looking for a tight end guy to, to plug your holes, he's your guy. <laughs> Speaking of plugging your holes, Pete, you got a double input here. So DPS with your <laughs> week 12 is where hopefully nobody who wants to buy a hats on the show or anything watches this episode. Um, all right. I will, uh, I'll do another one-off here uh, on the off chance that uh, Jonathan Taylor isn't ready to play again. I think Jordan Wilkins is interesting. He's kind of had a standalone role, even with, Jonathan Taylor, healthy. Uh, he had another, you know, solid outing today, getting worked in in both facets of the game. Six carries for 22 yards, three catches for 35. Again, similar to Trey Burton, they play Houston next week. So uh, if for some reason uh, Jonathan Taylor isn't ready, we've heard this term, the COVID fog. If Jonathan Taylor has the COVID fog, Jordan Wilkins could be your guy. So for me to round out the snake draft here, this waiver wire snake draft to hopefully bail you guys out for the playoffs hit. Uh, Logan Thomas is a dude who every week ends up played in DFS. And this week he wasn't quite there with the raw points. He didn't get TJ Hawkins in there, but in terms of value, he was just like 0.5 fantasy points behind. And that's sort of what Logan Thomas does on, on the slates where every tight end sucks. Logan Thomas will get you 10 to 13. And that's, you know, granted there are weeks that he completely bombs out, but I think at this point, if you are looking for a tight end, Logan Thomas still under 25% rostered on ESPN. I feel like he's a dude that should be as rostered as he is in DFS, which is inexplicably high every single week. Yeah, I I like Logan Thomas. I have him on multiple season long teams. He, I think he's the interesting kind of player that has a decent floor at tight end. Maybe doesn't have the the ceiling, but uh, basically no tight ends this year outside of Kelsey and Waller have a have a nice ceiling. So I'm on board with Logan Thomas. All right, so here we go. So that's the waiver wire snake draft. So if you just skipped around here, if you're a season-long player who went to these two segments, make sure you hit that like button and subscribe because we do fantasy content for DFS, for season-long, for bets. We do everything possible that you could possibly, oh man, too many possible words there, uh, to get into your life. How much whiskey have you had tonight? (laughs) Again, just straight 9% IPAs for the last five hours. So I think a similar effect relative to the output, one would guess. That's right. This is uh, this episode has been our undoing. <laughs> I wonder what happened. The episode has already ended. I could know right now if Nicole Kitties did it. Yeah, you got to stay off Twitter because Twitter, I'm sure, ruined it immediately the second that it was done. Luckily, I just follow a bunch of fantasy assholes who have no culture <laughs> in them, so I think I'm good. Yeah, the Undoing Queen's Gambit, two good shows. Uh, let's get on to our uh, our injured guys of win your league. <laughs> So here's a pass. our big segment, our big SEO play segments. Fags really selling it there. The injured guys. See now that I'll put the timestamp here so people won't know. The injured guys who win your league. If you're skipping ahead on YouTube, you got it right now. We're the cool edgy guys from fantasy football. We're gonna tell you everything you need to know. But first, quick plug for Thrive Fantasy. Of course, who helps us put the show on every week. They're the home of prop betting, where you're competing against your peers. You can also compete against the house. That's what Thrive has going. A little bit of everything for everybody on there. Use the promo code Splash to get yourself a deposit uh, deposit bonus doubled up to whatever you're putting in, up to fifty dollars. 
$50. So if you put in $50, you'll get $100 in your account right away. That's the Thrive Fantasy difference. They care about you. They want you on there. So play on Thrive Fantasy. Peter Overzet has won money on there. So that means that you, the person watching this show, can win too. Play over at thrivefantasy.com. Download them on the App Store or the Google Play Store. Sign up and prop up today. Uh, Pete, let's talk about the injured guys that win your league and... I'm just going to prompt you here. I won't go too much of a spiel, but Christian McCaffrey's been out for a while. He's been on the the cusp of coming back, played one week, then missed a couple more. And uh, to me, he is just, I'm hoping really personally more than anything as somebody who has him in my one life, uh, my high school fantasy league that I've been competing against for a while and spent way too much in the, uh, the salary cap league on him. But Christian McCaffrey, Pete, I think he's the looming giant here who's going to immediately change everything because Mike Davis, while he's good, he is certainly no Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, and I think this conversation is tailored maybe a little bit more for DFS, but I, I legitimately think that this is the cheat code skeleton key of fantasy right now is people undervaluing these guys that come back from injury because I get it. Our, you know, our human psychology is like, these guys are injured. I want to prove it weak. I want to see it happen before I trust them again. But the thing I keep coming back to and the results continue to bear out is these teams are not going to put these guys in a position to where they are going to have long lasting injuries that affect their career. If they are back, they are ready to play. Austin Eckler this week was a great example. He's been on his Twitch stream over and over saying he's good to go. They come back, they give him a ton of work. Debo Samuel coming off uh, a couple game absence has 133 yards, a ton of targets. We see it over and over. We saw it with Devonte Adams earlier this season. You mentioned Christian McCaffrey. We saw it with him coming back. Ignore the Ian Rappaport reports. Do not listen to them. These guys who come back from injury, they are ready to go. And Spaggy, I'll throw another one out there that we're going to have on Monday night. And he might just be my Thrive Play of the Week. Chris Carson coming back from a couple game absence. His Thrive Prop, 50.5 rushing yards. I love that versus uh, the Eagles. I'll take the over there. These guys who are studs that sit out, get healthy, they are ready to go, Spags. I, I think that's a pretty astute point. That's something, too, where, you know, really across every DFS sport, it's always been an issue of people not wanting to play somebody with a Q tag. And, you know, granted, the, all the sites, the DraftKings, FanDuel, Thrive, really all of them have tried to do a better job of reporting injuries. Even FanDuel was sending me push notifications today, uh, like way too behind <laughs> in classic FanDuel fashion. They were sending them out like, oh, Josh Allen left the game when he was already back in the game. Uh, but point being, you know, they're trying to do better with his stuff. But but still, there are going to be days where there's guys with a Q tag and people don't play him. And these are professional athletes. There's a reason why there's a vetting process and they're, you know, they're, they're sort of going through that to make sure they're ready to go. And I agree overall with that take that uh, that's one of these one of these spots that people just need to play these guys more. Another guy coming off of injury who I think is interesting because uh, it, it's sort of I don't have the greatest feeling on it. But I do think if this guy gets back in there, you're going to be playing him. But Joe Mixon, he's on the three week IR right now, could get right back in for the championship game time, depending upon when your league goes. But he's got matchups. You know, the Steelers matchup on 12-21 is not the best. He's going to miss a couple good ones against the Dolphins and the Cowboys. But uh, 12-27, December 27th against the Texans. If your league is going to week 16, like Joe Mixon can come in. And if they put him in, if they decide to go that route, he's a dude who could easily put up the points. And I think that's one thing, too, where 
you're trying to balance, you know, what's the motivation of the team and what's the motivation of getting this guy back in there. And I don't know if Mixon will play because they could easily just rest in the rest of the year. They paid him a big contract in the offseason. They know what they have. But if he's playing against the Texans, like we saw Adrian Peterson put up a pretty monster day relative to his output against the Texans. Like Mixon could be like a week 16 oh crap, this dude came back and just won best ball leagues and won even won the best ball millionaire maker or won your season long league. Yeah, I like the I like the mix in call there. Uh, I do think once he's back active in the lineup, there's he he's not the kind of guy that they're going to work back in, right? Like they've been sitting him out for a long time to get him healthy. Uh, when he's ready, he'll be ready. In that same vein, I'll toss out another guy, Miles Gaskin, for the Dolphins, you know, uh, Savan Ahmed was inactive today. Matt Breida fumbled. My guy, I hate saying it, uh, Patrick Laird fumbled. They've shown a willingness to commit to one of these guys. Miles Gaskin was that guy they committed to. So um, it sounds like uh, Flores is still deciding if Gaskin is going to be available um, or have uh, Gaskin available coming up here. Uh, once he is active, he's another guy I think you put right back in. I think he will go back to being their bell cow back. So I'm I'm excited to see if Gaskin gets back because I think he'll be a value in DFS especially. And here's one other injured guy who missed this week that I'm curious to see his prospects moving forward. But Julio Jones, to me, you look at his week 15, week 16, even the week 14, really, against the Chargers. Uh, you know, let's say he misses next week, too, against the Saints. Uh, you know, that wouldn't be great, but still not going to kill you necessarily. You're still alive in your season-long leagues. When he gets to the Chargers, when he gets to the Fal- or to the, Bal- the Buccaneers, rather, playing the Falcons, when he gets to the Chiefs on the road, these are games where you need Julio out there. Week 17 probably won't matter. I guess maybe not, depending upon how the Falcons are running right now relative to the, the Bucs, who continue to lose. But uh, I really think that Julio is one of those guys, a wide receiver, who could be somebody that's a really a decision maker. And, and if you haven't played him a lot because you're like, oh, I, I don't trust him. He's getting hurt. He's coming in and out. Like, I think week 15, week 16, like, you got to play Julio because, A, he's one of your studs. And, B, uh, you know, maybe these games for the Falcons matter a little bit more than we would have thought. Yeah, I like that call. I think another guy in that same vein would be Kenny Galladay for the Lions. He's been very close to returning, didn't come back for Thanksgiving, now had an extra 10 days to prepare for their upcoming game against the Bears. And uh, again, same thing. They are starved for playmakers. Everyone knows what a stud Kenny Galladay is. So I think the the moral of this story, most of these guys are owned in your leagues. Maybe a guy like Miles Gaskin got dropped and you could maybe scoop him up. But as far as uh, DFS, I think the thing we're driving home is don't be afraid to play these guys once they return. They have been out for a reason. The team is, uh, is protecting them, and I, I think they're good to go once they return. And one last dude I'm just going to throw in here, George Kittle, too. I think, again, these are the dudes who, to me, the studs you've been waiting on, like, don't be afraid to play them. As Pete mentioned, when they come back from injury, just play them. And George Kittle, the Niners picking up a win today, kind of maybe a surprising win to some people out there. Um, I really do think that Kittle, you know, we know the target share. We know the touchdown share. We also know the team likes to run, but but that's an elite tight end in a, in a league or a season, rather, completely deprived of elite tight ends performing week in and week out. So George Kittle would be the last dude I would throw into the picture here unless Pete, you have anybody else. And otherwise we can move on to our ride or die plays. Yeah. Uh, the only other guy, uh, it sounds like Zach Ertz might come back. Mm. I mean, he wasn't too exciting before the injury and uh, Dallas Goddard also looks pretty solid, but 
again, he might actually be someone who, who was dropped. I know I dropped Zach Ertz in a league, so he might be a, a guy worth adding for the stretch run as well. Yeah, so definitely some guys to watch here. Hopefully that helps you guys out to at least know what's coming down the pipe because that's a big part of season long in particular. Really DFS too, just being aware of the players, where they are and their relative team shares, relative to their health, relative to all that stuff. And uh, hopefully this guy, this helps you guys uh, get through the rest of the final stretch here. And speaking of the final stretch, guys, hit that like button and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. If you listen on an Apple podcast, give us five stars and review. Actually, we did get one review, I think, between we last when we last talked. And I don't want to deprive anybody don't shit it's not on the fucking website (laughs) it was a lovely review though people really sticking with the the wedding guest book theme and that's what i care about i'll I'll pull it up here i got i i I think i'm gonna get it well let's race here we go oh it's it's eric belair it's my guy eric belair oh there was also jeremy jeggle too we got a nice one all right i'll read eric's you read jeremy jeggles eric belair says the wedding was a blast i love the toast by backup dallas quarterback Giacomo Tagliatelli, followed by the second course of Spaghetti Carbonara. Best wishes on many happy years to come. Thank you to my guy, Eric Belair, for the five-star wedding guest book review. And then Jeremy Jagel, wishing you a lifetime of love, laughs, and Bill Tortellini. Good choice with the scallop-filled bacon. This is P.S. Thank you, Jeremy Jagel. We appreciate you guys, so make sure you're going to Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars and a review because this this wedding guest book we have on there, it celebrates our podcast, Matrimony and Pete. I think it'll keep us strong in the lean winter months where we're going to be just talking, reviewing Netflix shows, apparently. <laughs> You know what, Spags, uh, is disappointing to me. Like, I, I love that so many people spent our special day with us, but no one seemed to notice the Austin Eckler ice sculpture we had in the reception area. I kept waiting for people to notice it. I haven't heard anything about it. So if you did see and appreciate the Austin Eckler ice sculpture, please reference it in our guest book. It would mean a lot. Spags and I spent a fortune on it. He's chiseled. We chiseled him. That's how it goes. So we would like to reward fitness here after we do all the stat shaming. That's how it, that's how it goes with Austin Eckler. But here are the ride or die plays for Monday night football and COVID night football is what I'm calling Tuesday night. I feel like this is what, this is what we should trademark Pete is COVID night football. And here's, here's a real prop bet that we need to ask. Uh, does this game actually play on Tuesday with uh, the COVID not only hitting both teams and actually I did. Oh shit. I think I, I closed the tweet out. Um, let me just pull it up real fast here, but the Ravens are really completely and utterly chock full of COVID. Here's the lineup of the Ravens COVID players at QB, uh, Jackson and McSorley both have COVID at running back Ingram and Dobbins at fullback Ricard at tight end, Mark Andrews at wide receiver, Willie Sneed at O-line, Skura, Makari, Fluker, Holden at DL, Campbell, Williams, uh, Matabuke, Ward and Washington at offense, uh, at outside linebacker, not offensive linebacker. That'd be fun. Uh, at outside linebacker, Judon McPhee Ferguson at cornerback, Marshall Dorsey Young, and at special teams, Cox. I don't, again, all these guys' first names were not in the suite from Jamison Hensley, but Pete, a lot of dudes out for, for the Ravens. Yeah, it's like uh, I meant to fire off a tweet. I couldn't get it, you know, perfectly composed. My thought was it was like a COVID advent calendar for the Ravens, and each day you open it up, and today it was like, oh, Willie Sneed. So uh, here, you, you get it here on Splash Play because I didn't get that tweet off. So yeah, I am concerned. I was breaking ties uh, away from that game this week. A couple of my commissioners were benevolent, uh, benevolent 
leaders who allowed me to offer up a contingency player. But I am, I think the NFL is so stubborn that at this point, like the game is going like there's no Lamar, there's no Mark Andrews, there's no JK Dobbins. They don't care. This game is going off. Uh, But that said, I mean, they're probably like three or four more COVID cases away from canceling it. But as of right now, I would bet money on it going off. Yeah, on Pittsburgh side too, James Conner getting COVID, not the best given his history of of battling cancer. So that's not, you know, not, not the coolest stuff and not to not make it a political, but wear, wear a mask, be smart about stuff here because this is the time you, when you see all your players get COVID, just think about reality here and people were much less safe and how they're catching it. But that doesn't matter. Let's talk about that game in a second. First game up, Pete, is Seattle getting 27 and a half implied points. Philadelphia getting 21 and a half implied points in the Monday night football showdown matchup. Tournaments going off on Thrive as well. Pete, what do you want out of this game for our ride or die picks? Yeah, I mean, I think I'll just double down on everything. My my Thrive pick, my injury return model. Let's do let's do Chris Carson, uh, showdown winning captain here, just crushing all the props, everything. All right, Chris Carson, showdown winning captain. Uh, let me put that in here. I think for me, I'm going to go a little more wide receiver focused and I, oh man, I didn't pull the players in before this. So now I got to really do some guesswork here. Also worth noting, Jalen hurts getting some first team reps at QB. So that could be very fun if things go South for Philadelphia in this game, but I will take the Seattle side and uh, you actually know what Pete, I'm going to give a real screw you here. Jalen Rager showdown winning captain. Oh, I love Jalen Rager. Um, yeah. I think, I mean, Seattle has been so bad uh, against wide receivers this year. Jalen Rager, I think his role continues to grow. The only issue has been Carson Wentz. I mean, Carson Wentz has been so bad. There's a report out that the team wants to use Jalen Hurts more. You know, they've even said that they're going to mix him in at the expense of Carson Wentz, but I, I don't even care. I'm I'm kind of uh, upset that you beat me to the Jalen Rager call as much as I love these rookie wide receivers. Yeah, I, th- I wouldn't be shocked again. I think there's a lot of ways this could work out for Rager and the pass game. Really, either Carson rises to the occasion uh, knowing that Rager's breathing down his neck or or Rager comes in and goes against the Seattle pass defense has given up over 340 passing yards per game. They are still a complete disaster. But let's talk the COVID night football game before we give our Thrive pick for the week, courtesy of our friends over at Thrive Fantasy. Uh, Pete, what do you want from the Ravens-Steelers game, assuming that it actually does happen? Yeah, I mean, the only guy that uh, is left standing that I have in a lot of places is Chase Claypool. I I want uh, Chase Claypool to go absolutely bonkers. And uh, and yeah, and I will say, I I am excited to watch uh, Robert Griffin uh, play too. So it should be a fun game. I'm not going to complain about having a showdown team to build on Tuesday night. I didn't build tonight, so I'll get Monday night and Tuesday night. So I'm good. Yeah, I, I think RG3 might very much have a tough time against Pittsburgh's defense that shut down everybody and, and Blitz is at a higher rate. So for me, I'm going to go to a guy that Pete has shown some love to earlier in the year and now he's sort of a fallen back of the picture. But uh, I'll say Benny Snell is the showdown captain and just gets enough touches in a real ugly game here for the Ravens and the Steelers. All right. I like some Benny Snell. Yeah, with no James Conner. Uh, I think Anthony McFarlane will be worked in on yep. passing downs, but uh, Benny Snell should get all of the early down and goal line work. Uh, I like Benny Snell this week. 
All right, and let's do a Thrive pick. Uh, I picked the tournament. I picked the Monday Night Football big $5,000 guaranteed tournament at thrivefantasy.com. And uh, you can also download Thrive Fantasy at the Google Play Store or the App Store. I, I said Google Play first, so that's for all you Android people who out there who feel underrepresented. Uh, pick a bet here from the Monday game because this one, at least we know, uh, will go off somehow. Yeah, I like a lot of the overs here. I like the Goddard over 40.5 yards. You mentioned uh, Jalen Rager. I like him over 43 and a half receiving yards. And I like Chris Carson, who I mentioned earlier, over uh, 50.5 rushing yards. Did I did I cover the board enough to steal yours? <laughs> you can pick whoever you want now because you've called out every play that's available. So you look so smart, I think, to me and everybody out there. Thank you. You figured out my strategy. <laughs> who is your actual pick? <laughs> Chris Carson, over okay, 50.5 yards. Right. I've said it now three times. I'm all in on Chris Carson. I just wanted to make sure, you know, I got to, again, I don't want to bust out the Regis Philbin impression, no. but is that your final answer, Peter? I'm trying to gaslight Willis to where he'll give me uh, all three and just whichever one hits I can take credit for. <laughs> there you go. That's uh, Will, Willis does tend to be a, a team Pete supporter as much as he As can. he should. I sent him a gift pack to uh, kind of grease the wheels there on the scoring. Did you? Oh my God. You're, you're such a little brown nose. <laughs> let me take, uh, you know what? I'll, I'll stack my, actually, you know what? I'm going to get real bold here. I'm going to take Carson Wentz fights off the Jalen hurts onslaught and passes 255 and a half passing yards. I think the, obviously I like Jalen Rager, so he would be the more logical pick, but Carson Wentz gets you a hundred points on thrive fantasy. Whereas Jalen Rager will only get you 90 points if he gets over 43 and a half. So a pure GPP player, but Carson Wentz over uh, 255.5 passing yards. Willis, whatever Spags tries to send you on PayPal, just let me know how much and I'll match it. <laughs> Willis, I, I'm actually putting these in the sheet for Willis because usually I try to do that for him on Monday so he doesn't even have to worry about it. But, uh, but you know, Willis, if you want to help out some scores here, please do because you could still win this week even though you completely bombed out on Sunday, which is the most upsetting part. Willis, go cook the books. We need it, brother. All right, Pete, any plugs you want to hit on besides, of course, that people should follow at Splash Play Pod. People should like and subscribe to the channel here on YouTube. People should give us five stars and review an Apple podcast and tell us all the things that they enjoyed about our fictional matrimony. Any plugs for you at Peter Overzet on Twitter? Uh, yeah, one of my biggest plugs is I love the undoing on HBO. Check it out. I'm going to go watch the finale right now. Yeah, we're both going to, I'm going to do some graphics and watch the undoing. Pete's going to watch the undoing unencumbered beside by anything besides his giant tub of whiskey. That he's drinking from follow at Peter Overs at follow at Chris Spags, follow at splash play pod. We'll be back Thursday night, back on the Thursday schedule for uh, whatever game that is on Thursday. We appreciate you guys a bunch for watching. Thank you for being a part of the splash play community. Hit the like and subscribe before you go and we'll see you guys again very soon goodbye